and welcome to this week's Frankly Golf podcast. I'm Valerie Melvin here with Frank Thomas and this is podcast number 11, believe it or not. We can't believe it. Um, And we're going to be talking this week about a very important subject and that is, are the rules important? Yes. Good. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we should recognise that uh, rules lend order to the game. In fact, Every sport uh, has rules of sorts, and they lend order to the game. And without the rules, uh, the game would be absolute chaos. And I know, Frank, from a perspective of the equipment rules, that's something that you spent much of your life thinking about, writing equipment rules, rewriting equipment rules. Um, But also through that work, you were very involved in by osmosis almost you know in the playing rules uh, because the committees were all related and I suppose I mean you have to understand how people play the game to understand what equipment they use and vice versa yeah and and not only that but uh, the rules of golf committee and the and the implements and ball committee uh, had very the same members in many cases and so we intermingled as you suggest and not only that but uh, we've written five books one of which is the evolution of the equipment rules. It's called From Sticks and Stones. And it's a, it's a book I've, I've started rereading again and enjoying it very much. <laughs> Learning a lot. Yeah, not that you're biased in anything. No, no, I'm sure no. much of it would be quite familiar. I am. <laughs> All right. Um, and I know that um, certainly I always enjoy it when we discuss the rules. And a name that comes up frequently is PJ Boatwright's name because I know he was a very good, as well as you know, being a work colleague, he was a very good friend of yours, Frank, and a, a rules guru. He is. He was, and and uh, a great uh, person. He he was he was absolutely consumed by the rules. And as a matter of fact, he wanted to simplify the rules. He recognised that that the the intent of the rule was important. And uh, he did. In, he was involved in making decisions, and we had decisions books as well as a rules book. And the decision books were to try and cope with the situations that you couldn't uh, have uh, covered in the rule book. And it seemed to have been working very well. But they evolved. Uh, they. Uh-huh. And I mean, I I have to say, I've never met anyone with a more rules books now maybe I never did meet PJ PJ Boatwright maybe he would have more rules books than you Frank he did he did (laughs) Uh, but I know you've got an extensive collection in your in your bookshelf and in your library I do I I have I have uh, all the way back to 1974 75 uh, and uh, all the way and I also have a copy a couple of copies of books of rules prior to that the 1899 version of, of the uh, rules by the RNA. Yeah. So, I mean, if we look back in time, how long have, has, have golfers been playing by the rules, would you say? Well, I, it's, it's hard to tell, but I do know that the first uh, recorded sale of a golf ball was in 1452. So I assume that if, you, if they're talking about a golf ball, uh, then uh, they must have been the game. And, and the game had to have rules, so we must have been playing the game since then. And as a matter of fact, it was in 1457 that the Scottish Parliament uh, banned the game of golf, similar to what happened recently. <laughs> 
Oh dear, yes. Well, that's a different subject for a different time. But um, yeah, I mean, would you? I mean, it wasn't until 1899 that the rules became more formalised. I mean, there was the first sort of set of rules, the Articles of Golf, and was that 1744? That was 1744, right. And that was really like a one-pager of 13 basic rules or principles, I suppose. Right, and only 400 words. Right, and then the, the the rules kind of evolved with different clubs having their own maybe interpretation of those 13 rules and one body was appointed to basically be the custodian of the rules. Yeah, the, the 1744 13 rules were being played uh, generally by those rules but there were slight variations of it and uh, it was decided then by about five clubs to make the, the Royal and Ancient Golf Club of St Andrews the one body to have the authority to make the rules and they formed the rules of golf committee the first one and then developed the the rules that are, that were adopted in 1899 and that book is one which you referred to earlier but it's a beautiful book um, and I know you have like, this beautiful replica of it um, and it's only 31 pages that's right and that doesn't include the index and about 4,000 words compared to the 400 words that were of the original 1744 rules. Um, yeah, I mean, would you say that in general, when you look back at those rules, would you say that we're still playing by the same basic principles today? Oh, yes. I, I think uh, it was it was um, fascinating to look at the rules and understand, certainly un under the, when you look at the rules today, how simple they were and how the intent was very clear uh, as to how what was be, what the rules were and that was very important the intent of the rule is is absolutely paramount as far as i'm concerned if we plot the words against time we see we're getting almost like an end exponential curve uh, very much of an exponential curve and uh, it what you see is is if we plot words uh, as a function of time you'll see we we we've got right now 50,000 words in the player's edition, which is the simplified version of the rules, and the uh, full rules are, are very, very much more extensive than that. And uh, going back to understanding that the first 13 rules in 1744 were only 400 words, this exponential curve should be very disturbing to people in the game of golf. And the, the player's edition um, of the rules of golf doesn't include the equipment standards or you know, any information relating to equipment or amateur status, right? No, that's right. That's right. And so even uh, the 50,000, it's very good with the, all the illustrations, but but the, it, it's an extensive book. And and I think it does, but it is, uh, does incorporate the principles, the central principles of the game, which are play the ball as it lies, play the course as you find it, and play in the spirit of the game, and also you're required to call yourself on infractions so that you don't get any particular advantage over any other competitor. Mm -hmm. That is the integrity. That is the whole crux of, of, of the game of golf, calling yourself an infraction. However, if you don't understand the rules or you don't know the rules, then how are you going to call yourself on an infraction? And that is the problem we face when we're making rules too comprehensive. You know, I remember when I started playing golf, the first uh, meeting that we had, you know, up, up at the golf course of the little junior, uh, the junior group, and there was maybe like five or eight of us, we were called into the junior room and we all sat there and we, we received 
a pitch mark repair tool, um, a rules of golf book, and a bar of chocolate. <laughs> and the, I'll never forget they gave us the bar of chocolate on condition that we used the pitch mark repair tool and the rules of golf and I remember going home and sort of lying on my bed and you know reading this rules book that you know as a sort of 11 year old it was pretty hard to get my head round um, right. so I think the more we can try and simplify especially if we're trying to attract beginners into the game, new people into the game, um, the more we can simplify it, the better. And I think certainly the style the new Players Edition has been written in, and the pictures really do help, um, but I think it would be even more useful to have, you know, as you've been an advocate of for many years, Frank, the idea of the rules in brief that's just like a one-pager that gives you sort of 90, 95% of the rules right there. Well, as much as I, I, I think that, as you say, that the player's version is a simplified version of the full rules, uh, uh, but it, it, it doesn't go far enough because I think it's, it's still very comprehensive and I think that you need to go by the intent. Try and move towards, even we can continue on in the simplification rather than continue on making them more comprehensive. And the, the direction we should be going in is explaining the intent of the rule, making sure that we do everything we can to, to un make people understand what the intent of the rule is and allowing them to call themselves on infraction. It really is not going to be very much of a, of a difference in the outcome if the player understands the intent, calls himself on, on that particular rule, or uh, you know, uh, 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 if, he, if he makes a mistake, in, in, in his interpretation, the outcome is not going to be affected very dramatically. Rules are not a matter of life or death. That's what we've got to understand. And we're there to enjoy the game, and if we understand the intent of the rules, we will be able to call ourselves on infractions and also enjoy the game more. Uh -huh. Do you think it's possible to get to a point where we have literally a one-pager no. that you pop in your bag? No, I, d I don't think I want to go. I you know, can go that far, but I think that there are we can certainly take a lot of the of the uh, of the comprehensive nature of the rules out and and make it as as you suggested a rules in brief, and and that's how it should be. But explaining the intent of the rule because only then can you understand and fulfil the the basic principles that you call yourself on infraction. To make you think about things, question things, look at things. Um, we will be back in touch next week, but until then. May the frog be with you. <laughs>